0: Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 12. It says that, "...giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light." Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins? Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Father, thank you for this moment of truth. Thank you for the moment we hear, we get to hear your word taught. No man can teach but the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us, reveal Christ. Let us grasp the wonders in your word and manifest your glory as we behold you in the pages of scripture and get us to be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. All this to the glory of your majestic name in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 I've been teaching on Colossians and we have established the fact that Paul addressed the church of Colossae and told them about how um, after the greetings, He told them about how we are thankful to God, the Father, for qualifying us. And then he went on to talk about how he, God, has delivered us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Then he, as soon as he mentions the son, he begins to put focus of his teachings or his writing on the Son, because the book of Colossians is about the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. And so now, after saying that we have been delivered into the kingdom of Christ, who is the dear son of God, he begins to talk now about Christ. That Christ is the imago Dei, the image of God. He said, if you see me, you have seen the Father. He is the expression of God in a human vessel. The absolute, the totality of expression of deity in physical form was Christ. We are human beings and natural beings and created beings and uh, physical beings. So we are able to relate cleanly and clearly in the physical world. That's why we need science to help us understand the physical world. And God said that science can reveal you to me because science deals with just the created world. Science cannot deal with the uncreated world. And so because I am not created, science can reveal me. So I have to now find a way to reveal myself to you physically. So then God himself became a physical being. So in Colossians, he said, he is the firstborn of every creature. In other words, he also became a creature even though he still was the creator. And the purpose for him becoming a creature, one of it is so that we creatures can identify fully, maximally with the creator. We can actually feel him, touch him, or we can use the senses that science uses to show, teach us, and explain things around us. We can use those same senses to now pick up God when he came and lived as a human being amongst us. So they touched him. The songwriter said, He walked where I walked, He sat where I sat, He stood where I stood, He knows my frailty. Yet without sins. God with us, so close to us, Emmanuel. So he came to be Emmanuel, God with us. So God actually came. So Paul picks up and says that we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, or the son of his love, whom Jesus is the image of. Of the God who cannot be seen. He himself said no one has seen. No man has seen God at any time. But the son, John 1:18. But the only begotten of the father, the Monogenes, has defined him. He came to explain him. He came to express him. He came to demonstrate him. He came to exegete God. Break him down for you to be able to get him. And yet, when he came, he didn't come in the glory as God because it was only once on earth he allowed a glimpse, not the fullness of it, a glimpse of deity, the glory of deity, to best off in humanity. The disciples, the three of them, but they fell down like they were dead. So can you imagine if he was walking in town like that? Everywhere goes, people will be falling and die. <laughs> he said, No one can see God. No one sees God and lives. So an expression of that in humanity, best forth. the Bible says his clothes became as dazzling white. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 3. He didn't have to operate like that. So he came and concealed deity in humanity. That's why Colossians said that even though it was God it did not count it equality with God, something to grasp on, but he made himself of no reputation. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 6, he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself, he took it for a form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So he he restricted the full manifestation, the glorious, the glory aspects of divinity and took on the humanity. And even though he was fully deity, Yet, he couldn't express in humanity the, the glory of deity fully because you fall. You can't see. We, can, we can't relate to him. We'll run away from him. Once they told Moses, let God speak to us. God spoke. They begged him, please, tell him, let him speak to you. We, don't, we, we can't. This is too much. So, so oh, I like that. The writer of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 18, 19, said, you have not come to a mountain that burns with fire. You have not come to a mountain that burns with fire. Like those guys who begged that please." We don't want to hear the voice again. It says that for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burns with fire and to blackness and darkness and tempest. Look at the next verse. And the sound of trumpets and the voice of words, so that so that those who heard it bet that the, the word should not be spoken to them anyway. They, they begged, please, Moses, no, Moses, we can't, just that voice, the man. they said, God, come and talk to us, we want to hear from you, whatever you say we'll do. He came, not in his majesty, just a, a, an aspect of him. They begged, and he said that we in the church have not come there. Why? Because Christ didn't come like that. He came so we can relate with him. That's why it's very easy to take Church for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have not seen fire burning. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so normal. Everything looks so normal. Yeah. Because God makes sure that He will identify with us for us to come to Him. Rather yeah. uh, than that we we'll run away from Him yeah. as sinners. Very interesting. So now Paul had to tell the church that please, this church thing is Christ thing. And this Christ is God. Who is within us? Even though we can't see him tangibly and people have their own opinions and suppositions about Christ. He said, let's cut to the chase. Let me tell you who this Christ is. So that anytime other religions begin, it's, it's funny. I wow. always say, other religions think they can tell us about Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Please, just think about it. Just think about it. They can tell us about Christ. So back to the text. Oh, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Meanwhile, I said uh, he was the firstborn of every creature, and yet all things were created by him and for him. He has the preeminence. He is not an ordinary person. Paul said, let's take it from there. First of all, let's accept he is Christ. He came as a human being. However, that human being was not ordinary. He is the firstborn of all creatures. Because he chose to become a creature, don't think that he's an ordinary creature. He actually, among the created stuff, he is the firstborn. He is above. He's a step above everything created. Then he goes further. He says that actually, all things were created by him. And for him, whether spiritual or physical, heavenly or earthly, thrones, dominion, all things were created for him and by him. And Paul, as I said, he began to, he took it further. He said, He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. All things, everything holds together. When you, you do a research, you will find him holding things together. But by revelation, now, let me say this. Apart from our salvation, our redemption, the greatest blessings or the greatest thing in your relationship with God is your revelation. Salvation saves us. Revelation saves us. (laughs) After you are saved, how you can enjoy salvation, how you can enjoy divine immunity, has everything to do with your revelation. When I say revelation, how, what you understand in the things of God or about, th- about God and his things and his ways. You get to, you get, that's why teachings are so important. We are supposed to teach to get people to, to come to terms and grace with what this whole thing is about and what is working for you and what is waiting for you. Your revelation. How sad it is to be a Christian without revelation. Ah, Satan will take advantage over you. So, all things consist by him. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body. So, for us not to be confused about what he means by the body, he tells us what the body is. What's the body? Let's read the first line together. Let's read it aloud. Let's go, please. And he is the head of the body. One more time, please. And he is the head of the body. The For the last time, louder. And he is the head of the body. The church. What's the body? The Who is the head? Christ. This Christ they are talking about. You see, the problem is that there is something theologians call the scandal of particularity. The scandal of particularity. Every human being is like, was lost, detached from God, in darkness. And then God just comes on the scene and decides, out of the millions of people, to choose one man. One man called Abraham. And he said, From you, I'm going to form a new people. And then out of Abraham, forms a people who are called the chosen. Now, anytime you hear chosen people, sometimes people don't like it, especially in the modern days. What do you mean by some people are special? Every human being is important. Everybody, what do you mean by uh, some people are special? So it offends, it offends especially the post-modernist years of mindset. What do you mean by some people? Nobody is special. We are all equal, black, white, Latino, uh, (laughs) Filipino. Green, blue, yellow. We are all equal. Yes, we are all equal. Human beings are all created equal. Go. But God chose a people. And then even the people he chose, as time went on, some were off, cut off. So some came out of Egypt, but they didn't get to the promised land. They were all cut off. Some intermarried and they were cut off with other nations. They were cut off. And it's kept narrowing. And then some were left in Babylon yeah. into captivity. They were gone. Others in Syria, they were gone. And just a handful of people. And then narrow, narrow, narrow it down, and one lady called Mary. Wow. Hmm. She gets an extraordinary pregnancy and gives birth to somebody. Hmm. And you Christians tell us that without that person, nobody can be saved. <laughs> that is preposterous. How can you say that? They will tell you, let's, let's be smart. Think. How can you say no one can get to God apart from Jesus? That is the scandal. The scandal of particularity. That Jesus is the only way to God. Come on, they tell you. Stop that nonsense. There are many ways to God. What do you mean by Jesus is the only way? The scandal of particularity. And in the postmodern world, it is a very offensive very offensive that you say, you see people, there are people who don't mind you saying in the name of God. Mm. So many people pray social prayers in political circles or platform, national TV and all that, they pray in the name of God. Please, you haven't said anything. (laughs) As I taught on Monday and Tuesday, what makes the all religious people pray. Every grouping of people, they all pray. Even some do do all kinds of other yoga, whatever is a form they yes, do also. Yes, people yes, pray, yes, they pray to something that is above, mm-hmm. beyond. Yeah. They reach out to something beyond. Some say, okay, you call it this, I call it this, I call it the force, and all that. But people pray. So Muslims pray, Catholics pray, Presbyterians pray, charismatics pray. Don't speak a pray. <laughs> Buddhists pray. Hindus pray. I mean, all people pray. So somebody say, why don't you all come together and just everybody's praying to say? Let's pray. No, it's not the same. The the Christian prayer is distinctive. Not instinctive. It's distinct from all the other prayers. In what sense? Because of Christ. Because of the Christ factor in our prayer, it makes our prayer very different from all. And then, not just the Christ factor alone, the fact that we call God Father. All the other prayers can't call this thing Father. No, no, no. But Christians, we call God Father. Jesus said when you pray, say, our Father. That's where prayers, Christian prayer starts from. So it's very unique. In the sense that we can't go further, and we have this christ thing in our prayer so is the christ that distinguishes our prayer from everything I actually taught on the teachings of christ the examples of christ the blood of christ the intercession of christ and the the name of christ we don't pray in the name of god we pray in the name of jesus, jesus. So some people don't mind you saying, in the name of God. Mm -hmm. Some people don't mind saying that God is good. I believe in God. That's all fine. But once you bring it down to the Christ, because others have a problem with your definition of Christ. And almost when you go to bookshops, secular bookshops, there's a a spiritual and religious section. And when you go to the spiritual section, there are all kinds of spiritualities. Books that are teaching spiritualities by different authorities. And when you go to them, some will tell you that they have their own. They, in fact, all teachers of spiritualities, when they, because some can deny Christ, they only say Christ is a peace teacher. They downgrade Christ to a peace teacher, or just a prophet. They downgrade Christ to a paragon of virtuous revolution. He brought some revelation of virtue, how you should live your life. They, they downgrade him to a demigod of self-actualization. You know, it's a kind of a kind of God that helps you to discover who you are and start so to say some of this kind of Christ have penetrated into certain puppets. They teach Christ like he's just a peace teacher. Like he's it's just, it's just, it's just a, you know, help you to self-help so you can discover who you are so you can really enjoy life very well yeah. and all that. that so that's all some in some congregations that's the christ they know yeah. the christ they know it, and it's very harmless christ <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even get upset so what what many people call spirituality is all kinds of a mixture of strange ideas a mixture of ideas yeah. a melting pot of ideas yeah. They put it together and say, this is spirituality. This is is spirituality. They have a form. But any kind of spirituality that sidesteps Christ as the son of God. That's why Colossians is important. Christ as the supreme one, the all-sufficient one. He is all-sufficient and he is supreme. He is above all. this is this you can't compare him to anything he and so down that's what Paul is talking about here the Bible is saying that Christ is the head of the body and he went on to talk about how the body is the church the body of Christ is the church because you know Christ doesn't have a physical body on earth so your hands are his hands your legs are his legs your body is his, body. we are his physical representation. And it talks about when the Bible says Christ is the head. Say, Christ is the head. Christ is the head. Say it again, please. Christ is the head. He is the head of the body. So you see, a church, a church going on, but it has not got anything to do with Christ. Yeah. It's all about people's personal feelings and political. Uh, Propaganda, affiliations, and yeah. um, personal, yeah. self-help, uh, breakthroughs, and prosperity. And and in this modern world, mm. what has become so important to this modernist type of spirituality is tolerance. Yes. Mm. Yes. And so that's the scandal of particularity yes. comes in. It, tolerance doesn't... Why, why do you separate one man from all the others? Yeah. And so tolerance becomes so important... It becomes the platform of, of social norms yeah. or spiritual pursuit that is acceptable to society. Yeah. It doesn't mean Christianity is intolerant. Obviously, every system has been tolerant of something. The fact that we stand on God's word means that we have to reject certain things. Yeah. We, we can't, I, I can't stand on God's word, embrace racism. Can't I can't stand on God's word and embrace abuse. I mean, of any from substance abuse. Yeah. Even though in past these secularists will tell you there are historic events that show that the church has done the church, they didn't stand properly on God's word. Yes. They made it makes you look like they were standing on it, but they are not standing on, they are standing on business principles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They are standing on social norms. Yes, sir. Social norm, what society accepted. So they call themselves church, but they are doing what society accepted. They are using funds of the church to buy slaves and do all that because at that time, that was what society accepted and proper way of using money. And the church, anytime the church wants to do what society accepts, we slip from standing on the word of God. I'm sure if they are not done that, society will say they are not being tolerant of businessmen who are helping the economy by their slave trade. So society changes, but the word doesn't change. Bible says, if the word of God stays in you, or you stay on the word of God, you abide forever. Abide forever. So the word of God endures forever. And this is the word which is preached by the gospel to you. There's a a scripture that said, obeying the word of God or standing on God, you abide forever because the word actually abides forever. So we stand on the word. Standing on the word means that you you can't, if you come and tell me your wife is really upsetting you and you want to go and beat her at home, and then if she misbehaves, you you divorce her. How can I stand on God's word? I can't tolerate that. I I, I, I can't tolerate that, so I have to be intolerant. That's what I'm trying to I have to be intolerant of that nonsense. It might sound good for you, but I can't tolerate it. Why? Not because I don't like you, but because I'm standing on God's word. So they will tell us, we are intolerant. Mainly, this Christ is, that the Bible teaches, the world, does, the world does not want to know about the Christ. The world. They want to know about being nice, being peaceful, being charitable, being friendly. So they tell you, it was the purpose of a church that is only preaching the gospel. There's no equator. Anybody at all can do it. All other religious groups can do this because some of it is just common sense and basic human virtue. Yeah. Virtuous behavior. Yeah. But Christianity is more than virtuous behavior. This Christ is more than a demigod of virtuous revolution. Wow. He's more than that. Wow. He's God. He's the head of the church. Don't be head of the church. Yeah. He's the head of the church. Let's all say Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. In Ephesians chapter one, verse ten. Ephesians chapter one, verse twenty-two. Ephesians chapter one, verse twenty-three. Ephesians chapter four, verse fifteen. It all tells us Christ is the head. Colossians chapter two, verse ten. Colossians chapter two, verse nineteen. Christ is the head of the church. Let's look at Ephesians chapter one, verse twenty-two and twenty-three. Ephesians chapter one, verse twenty-two. He said, and has put. All things under his feet and giving him to ooh, giving him to be the head. We are we are, watch this. We are we he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We are actually joined to him. Our rel oh, our relationship with Christ is organic. Yes, It's not cosmetic, yes, it's organic. In other words, it's a relationship of life. The life that is in the head, the blood that is flowing in the head, is the same blood in the two. So when he says that he's the head of the church, it's depicting one life. The life that is in Christ is the life that is in the church. And the life in the church is coming from Christ. Decisions in the church must come not from the government, wow. yes, yes. not from the pastor. The decisions about a church should come from Christ. If the decision you are making is not coming from your head. (laughs) When they tell you, what does that mean? (laughs) Church, let's use our head. (laughs) Let's use our head. This is our head. Whatever Christ has got to say and think. Is, is given to us here. So that's why I keep the Bible open and keep the head working. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So Christ is the head of the church. He gave him to be the head of the church over all things. Ephesians chapter one verse twenty-two. Gave him after he raised him far above principalities and powers, and seated him in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Not only in this world, but uh, also that. And they put him put everything under. Him, if it's everything under, his, gave him to be the head over all things to the church look at the next verse which is his body the fullness of him that fills everything Hallelujah. the church is the fullness of him that fills everything Hallelujah. and christ is the head, of the, the head of the church let's all say christ is the head of the church, is the of the church. he he is He he's the ruler he's the owner he's the decision-making he's the governor of the church Christ, so, and we are the body. Anything, as I said in the last teaching, anything you do for the church, you are doing it on his body. Yes. If, you, if, you, if you take good care of your body, then it's a sign that you must learn, you are good, you know how to take good care of body. Why not Christ's body? Wow. So, you know, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. What do you do for his body? Wow. All this, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. It's a religious feeling. It's not a spiritual reality. It's a religious feeling. And many people are so religious, they think they are spiritual. (laughs) Those are religious. (sighs) You used to cry a lot when you were not even born again. Cry a lot because you have a soft heart for religious matters. Ah. And so this kind of crying, crying baby thing and emotional thing, you have transported it Into after you became born again, but really, you are at best very religious Christian, like the Judaizers Mm -hmm. who went to Cornelius' house with Peter. They were born again, but some things, no, no, those in Jerusalem actually, uh, uh, Acts chapter 11 from verse 1. The Judaizers, they are uh, with the apostles, they were there, born again, but still, Judaism hasn't left them. Mm -hmm. They're very religious, so you can be in the church and still so religious and yet not really spiritual. You are not in chill with Christ. All of us can be, all of us. So that is why we are, everyone must work hard, work hard to be in line through prayer and through reading and studying of the word and healthy association of people who are Christ-minded. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Hallelujah. So Ephesians chapter one, verse 22 and 23 tells us Christ is the head Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 tells us that Christ is the head of the church But speaking the truth in love we may grow up into him in all things which is the head even who Christ? Christ is the head Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 Colossians chapter 2 verse 19 Colossians two ten says that uh, not holding the head from which all the body is joined and burnt, having nourishment ministered. So the body is joined to the head. We are on earth, but our head is in heaven, and we are not disconnected. We are actually heavily connected. We are joined to Christ. So when you see, that's why when Saul of Tarsus was afflicting the church, Jesus came and said that, why persecuted thou me? He thought the church was independent from Christ. He made a mistake. Wow. He made a mistake. The church is joined to Christ. Yes. The church, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. It tells us, he says, that for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. That's why he says that when he saw Christ in the book of Revelation, he was walking in the church. Mm. The, when we gather like this, the, the head is walking. Oh my God. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <Now> Praise God. <laughs> God. <laughs> the, the head is in our midst. Yes. He's the head, he's walking. Yes. And he's not only the head of the church, but Bible says that there's something I've been trying to say. There is something I've been trying to say in the past. Yeah, that's a Greek word. New world, new creation. Palingenesia no, means that Christ, this from the text, he, do I have what? The spelling. The way you hear it. It's Greek, so the way you hear it, write it. Genesia is Genesis anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give it to you. P A L I double Pali. So it's polygenesia. Polygenesia is, is like the, the new creation. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, it talks about regenerated. So that is like spiritual renovation. Polygenesia is spiritual renovation according as his message, washing of the regeneration, regeneration and renewal, spiritual. So Jesus Christ is the head of the new grace. We are a new generation. We, we are a new group of people. It's wow. renovated humanity. Wow. And he's the head of renovated humanity. In time, watch this, this is very important. In time, he's going to be the head of all renovated creation. So the current world will pass away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, it talks about how He's the head, Jesus in the head in this way, what's this? That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even him. So he might gather together. When you read some versions, it talks about he might gather together into the head. So Christ becomes the head of whatever. So in Revelations, it talks about how there shall be no more pain. It talks about, no, the new world. So the the, the old shall pass away, and there's coming a new world, and Christ will still be the head of all that. So in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, starting from verse 3, it says that, And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. That's the new heaven and when everything is starting again. Now watch the Verse 4 says that, and God shall wipe, oh, oh, I like this one so much. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain for the former things. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Look at the next verse. It says that, verse 5, it says that, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all, th- this is Pali I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and authentic. You can count on these words. Count on these words. Hallelujah. You can count on these words. Hallelujah. And so, for instance, in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12, it points to the new world. It talks about a lamb and a lion shall be eaten together. (laughs) <laughs> that's, a good, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2 says that, In that day shall a branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Ah, ah. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. Whoa. And the calf and the young lion uh, and the fatling together. So the long lion, fatling, calf, they will all be together and uh, no one is under threat. Wow. It's almost like boys and girls together. Oh, that's a- oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a little child is talking about the glorious restoration according to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. The restoration of all things. There's a time coming. That's what usually Jehovah's Witness paints, you know. Yes, the bank. You see, it's like everything has become like a garden of Eden. We are coming there. We are coming there. The new world, that is coming. Christ will be the head of everything. And we will, it's, it's, it's a beautiful. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12. Look at what he said. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing." Mountains will be singing, not afflicting you anymore. You don't have to cast out mountains, they sing with you. <laughs> and all the trees of the field will be clapping their hands. I mean, that's, that's, that's the new world. That's the he is the work, But now we are still in the new creation. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he said, the new creation has already started. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, that those of you who have suffered with me in the day of regeneration, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, in the polygynesia, the Greek word for that region is polygony. In the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on in the throne of His glory, ye also, wow, shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve. What? And so there are people who are going to reign with Him in that order. And I'm talking about you. Amen. Yeah. Now let's go back to because some of these things sound too far. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of the gospel. Yes. And you must hear it. Yes. So that one day, it not say God, but he didn't know. Because that day is coming. Yes. Don't only live for today. Yes. Live a prophetic life. Yes. Yes. That's why the Bible doesn't only end with things that happen and things that have happened. It also talks about things that will happen. So, now, he, Jesus, is the head of the church. And he's also the head of When God brings everything under him together in the regeneration. So Paul says that this is the Jesus we are talking about. He's the head of the church. Back to Colossians. Back to Colossians. He says that he's the head. He's not only the head. He's not only the head of the church, but he's the firstborn. He's the firstborn. Firstborn from the dead. What does that mean? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 and verse 23. What does that mean for him to be the first one from the dead? But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that sleep. When you sleep, them, mean those Christians who die. Yeah. We will resurrect. But Christ is the first. Yeah. In fact, it talks about Hebrew chapter 6, said where Christ, the forerunner, has entered, gone ahead. So our forerunner has already gone ahead. In the Holies of Holies. So for, uh, without the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He has entered. So then, he being our forerunner, he being our leader, he being the captain of our salvation, and uh, and scripture he's the captain of our, Hebrews chapter two, he's the captain of our salvation. So he has gone ahead, and Bible says that he's the first one from the dead. I know what some of us are thinking, but he wasn't the first person to resurrect. Elisha's bone resurrected some dead. Uh, some, Elijah resurrected the, the, the woman's son. Jesus himself resurrected about five people. Yes, yes, yes. Paul raised the guy who was sleeping during preaching. <laughs> 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 and he died. <laughs> he died. <laughs> yeah. But it, to be honest, the preaching was very long. Acts chapter 20. The preaching was very long all night. So I'm not doing anything bad, though. I haven't even gotten anywhere near Paul's level. <laughs> He preached, he preached all night. Somebody was sitting at the window. You two, you know you are dozing. Why do you sit at the, at the window? And the owner of the house didn't put health and safety principles in place. <laughs> so he fell down and died. So Paul himself raised somebody from the dead. You know. And Peter, in Acts chapter 9, I think 40 or so, Peter brought Dorcas back from the dead. So there are people who were brought back from the dead like lazarus so jesus was not the first who came from the dead first corinthians chapter 15 verse 23 we read verse 20 verse 23 it says that but every man in his own order christ the first fruits after was there that are christ at his coming some will rise at his coming yeah. those who belong to christ so why is he saying christ the first fruit? he was the only human being who died and no one had to resurrect him all the others, is resuscitation. Really, technically, their own was resuscitation because they died again. It's called resuscitation. That's not real resurrection. Jesus Christ's own is real resurrection. He wow. died. They, they put in their tomb, sealed it. They didn't call a prophet, nobody. Wow. On the third day, he told them he would come. On the third day, wow. he just... <laughs> <laughs> he came back. He came back never to die again. Hallelujah. And Hallelujah. And... The scripture scripture says that he has an indestructible life because this life has defied death it's a life that has conquered death the other ones who were resurrected died again so we are talking about, and when we resurrect, our resurrection is going to be according to that order. We, we, we resurrect to be like him, never to die again. But he, for now, he's the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah! Lord. Hallelujah! Lord. Look at Acts chapter 26, verse 23. He says that Christ should suffer and that he should be, ooh, he should be the first. That should rise from, but others are risen. Oh, not that kind of rising, <laughs> not that kind of rising, but he should be the first to rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the gentiles. That's the gospel. Christ should be the first. And so you can't mute the resurrection of Christ and claim to have a full gospel. Yeah. So, Paul, when he was presenting the Christ of the church. He presented him as, watch this, he presented him as the image of God, the first one of every creature, the one through whom all things were created, and for whom all things were created, and then he says that, he he presents him as the head of the church, and then he presents him as the firstborn from the dead. This is the kind of Christ we are talking about. When someone says, oh, we also believe in Jesus, ask them if he fits this bill. Has he risen from the dead? Is he the firstborn of all creatures? Did you, is he God who became a creature? That, that's a big question. Yeah. It's a big, is he the head of the church? If Islam say that they also believe in Jesus, ask them, that Jesus, is he the head of the church they are talking about? If it's not Jesus, who is his head, who is just a prophet. No, 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 no. That's not. Maybe the was a that there was, even there's bad Jesus in the Bible. So maybe one of those kind of Jesus is. <laughs> 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 Let me round up. Is somebody learning something about yeah. Jesus? Have you noticed that it's so sweet to talk about Jesus? Unless you are not a Christian. If you're a Christian, this Jesus thing gets really, it gets very personal to you. That's a sign that you're actually a Christian. The Jesus thing, it really gets to you. I know pastors who might not be interested in things, but they hear somebody preaching, and they realize that this thing, there's a lot of Jesus in it, it just arrests their hearts, and it keeps them very tender. Because when you are genuinely born again, this Jesus thing, this Jesus thing. You can't, Get tired hearing it. Yeah. You, you, it's like, you. please don't stop. Tell me more about Jesus. Tell, 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 reveal Jesus more to me. It's a sign that you have actually been born again because you have the seed of God in you. If you don't have the seed of God in you, you Pastor, pray for me. This is all this kind of preaching. Yeah. Pastor, you know, yeah, tomorrow I have an interview. <laughs> 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 Pastor, I had a dream. I was getting wedded, but you haven't said anything about that. Yeah, I'm talking about wedding. The wedding is coming. Jesus is going to be the groom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we are the bride. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah. So that wedding is about Jesus and the bride. You are part of the bride. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So the verse 18 again. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, he might have the supremacy. The pre, pre, em, your eminent one is eminent, it stands out. But it, he should be pre, first amongst eminent ones. He's, in the church, he should have the pre eminence. So it doesn't matter what the world thinks, we should think about Christ. Sorry, he has a preeminence. So if you want me to downgrade him and make his like, okay, you let's not talk about Christ. What else is the preeminence? When you see, you know some, okay, you know some people, when you see them, there are different things that are preeminent about them. Some people, when you see them, the first thing you see is their hair. Some people, when you see them, is their nose you see first. They are Preeminent. Jesus Christ, when you see the church, when you come to church, please, when you come to church and you don't find Christ, hey. run, away. Run, away. run away. Because he's supposed to be the preeminent one. Yeah. The first thing you encounter in church is not the choir. Yeah. It's not the preacher's suit and pocket square. Yeah. It's not the system, the screens that you might see it, But as you stay in the service, you realize that there's something beyond all these things. That thing is so prominent, there's no way you should be able to miss it. You shouldn't miss that. see that word, that word there, but I didn't mention my, he's the beginning, yes. then he said the first one from he's the, judge be, began with him, yes. Yes. he's the beginning, yes. what is this Christianity yes. you have begun, we didn't, we can't trust Papa Christ inside it, we can't trust it, and full of opinions of, and ideas yes. mm. of what spiritualists and some of us come into Christ or into church with pre-existing religious Ideas, tradition of men, we, we, we impose it on our worship, on our relationship in church and Christ. And Christ doesn't really matter. It's your religious persuasion that matters. Your social norms, national philosophy, that's what matters to you. I don't think you are doing church. You are either have not met Christ or you are eclipsing Christ or suppressing the Christ that is supposed to be the preeminent one. The preeminent one has been suppressed. Has been eclipsed. So it's an aberration for somebody to be in church once, twice, three times, a month, and haven't found out these things about Christ. Pastor, you are not doing a good job. You are not doing a good job. They must discover it very quickly because Christ should be so preeminent That you can't miss it. When you are on the high seas and you are coming towards land, there's something called lighthouse. Yes. You are supposed to spot that first. Mm. You are supposed to spot that one first. When the weather is foggy and you are you, you are high in high in the skies, or you all tall buildings are supposed to have this light on them. Yes. You see those lights. Doesn't matter where you are coming from. It tells you there's a structure there. Where is the light of Christ that tells us there's this Christ structure in the church? Where is it? The Christ. You are, you are, you are composing a song. But Christ is not the preeminent one. He's not the preeminent one. You just want people to enjoy it. That he should be the preeminent one. He said he is the big. Yeah, it is a strong one. He is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? Remember, I said he has said before that he's before all things. Now he he's not just before all things. He is actually the beginning. He's the beginning and he's the firstborn from the dead. First born. Why? So that's in all things, not only some things. In all things, he Christ must might have the Preeminence, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pre-emin- when you are born again, the- what shows you are born again is how preeminent Christ is in your life. Wow. How preeminent? You have started coming to church, but Christ is not preeminent in your life. You came for us. I'll give my life to Jesus, but Christ is not preeminent. You are actually not born again. You are not born. Again. You have you are adapted a religious form, wow. but you are not born. The, the true sign that a person is born again is Christ becomes preeminent in their heart. So even when you are backsliding, we can appeal to the Christ. That's yes, why yes. we can pastor you. We can, uh, we can pastor you yes. because the pastoral work is supposed to be appealing to the preeminent Christ inside, inside. you. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes your systems, your body, your situation puts you off and you are not in the best of shape. But when the pastor appeals, we, yeah. the Christians appeal with the word of God, it goes straight to the preeminent Christ inside you. And you, 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 you know, even if you choose not to yeah. give up, you just know it has a way of getting to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said something that p- true Christians love to hear more about Christ. Yeah. Why? Because He's already preeminent in your heart. Yes. He's preeminent in the preeminent Christ. Yeah. If He's not preeminent, He's not the Christ that He's supposed to be in your life or in the church. And the, pastor, the world wants us to suppress Him. You know? yeah. oh, yes. No, no, this Christ But He, he, he said He's a pre. No, it's not even just our doctrine. Yeah. But our reality yeah. is that you won't be to go silent about Christ. It, it's so preeminent in my life, I can't fake it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the problem. It's, it's not a problem of ideology. It's not a problem of just teachings. But it's a problem of reality yeah. in human hearts. Human hearts that have been taken over by the preeminence of Christ. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. You can make laws and we are, we are happy to go to prison. Yes. We are happy yeah, 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 to, yeah, yeah. to be beheaded. Yeah, that's the church. Happy to be beheaded, happy to be ostracized, happy to be man- marginalized in society. It's not that we are antisocial, Dad. You want to disown me for becoming a Christian, Dad? I love you. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to hurt you. But Dad, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's preeminent in my life. That you don't even matter. Your property want to live for me. If you don't do it again, it doesn't matter because something else is preeminent. If because of Christ, you say you will not marry me, go! Because he's preeminent in my life. He's more important than marriage. Oh, Jesus, that you have the preeminence. That you have the preeminence in our lives, in our church, in our churches, in our systems, in our approach, in our pursuit of success, in our pursuit of great breakthroughs, in our family lives, in our social lives, in our political lives, in, in every way, in our financial lives, that you have the preeminence in all things. That you have the preeminence, you'll be the preeminent one, and have the preeminence. Oh Lord, we we commit ourselves to you. We commit our life to you. That you have the preeminence, you have the, you'll be the preeminent one with the preeminence over everything in our life. We are happy to submit to you. We are happy to ask you have the preeminence, oh Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Karis Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.